Thank you for listening to the Drums and Rums podcast. If you'd like to help support the podcast and our content on YouTube, become a Drums and Rums Patreon member, and please subscribe to the YouTube channel as we work to get towards 1,000 subscribers. Links are listed in the description of this episode. And thanks again for checking out this episode and all of our other past episodes. Hey all, it's Paul from Drums and Rums with the Backbeats Meets the Spirits. We've got a awesome episode, and I really mean it this time. And uh, and we actually have some past uh, guests uh, that are going to be on this episode here. So we've got, first up here on the episode, we have joining us uh, is episode 14 uh, podcast alum, Craig Cohen, host of the Last of the Action Heroes podcast network. So welcome, Craig, to the back onto the show. Yeah, way, way back in episode fourteen. That's crazy. I know. Yeah, that was that was year years one, right? And then we're getting ready for us here in the, the, our podcast is our drums and rums. We're getting ready to go into the uh, third year here. So that's just I, it's crazy to look back there. So also, and then this is kind of a you look back here and say wow, or at least that's what I said when I was writing up these notes. So, so also <laughs> we have on the podcast episode one hundred and seven podcast alums erica and tina host of the a92a podcast so welcome to the podcast yay so, so back so yeah i was I, when i was typing that up i said wow i said there's nearly a hundred episodes in between y'all's you know uh time when you guys came on the podcast so it's crazy how fast they build up uh, i know and and uh and for for me in, in the podcast i went pretty strong since january of 2020 21 when i made that commitment to do a weekly try to get it weekly try to get more things organized and as we all know and we'll talk a little bit about each of our podcasts is uh, the organization aspect how do you make it easier how do you structure it how do you make it simpler so it's just not that you you love doing it but then you hate doing it too it's almost like a to both sides of the story like i love doing this but it's i hate doing certain things and um yeah that's where 2020 2021 and then all the way through Every every week got through this year, and then the hurricanes hit, and then that kind of mm-hmm. my uh, my day thing kind of uh, called was a lot more uh, kind of in, involved that I just wasn't able to kind of put a few episodes out. So here we are. Anyway, so <laughs> the secret to podcasting, Paul, is do what I do now and just guest appear wherever you can. That's it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then you don't have to worry about like doing too much show prep or editing or anything like that. You just come on, you <laughs> chat for a couple, you know, for however long, and then you wait for the episode to be released so you can promote it. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> That's what we're doing here. That's right. Yeah. So Eric and Tina, have you been on other, other podcasts uh, besides drums and rums? I don't think so. Have we no? Tina? We haven't. We, um, we were contacted by some others. We hadn't worked out any kind of, thing yeah but no you're the, you're the only one and you keep asking us back which is cool yeah no yeah. i, I guess we'll just I, keep doing this one <laughs> i've got no problem with that right so and we we have talked about a few things maybe possibly with uh, our two shows in the in the near future so i uh, mm-hmm. don't want to say too much uh you know right now but yeah no i like i said i enjoy listening to the podcast um you guys have a great chemistry and like i said growing up together so those of you, you know that are listening here is like well why do i have uh, these three individuals back on the podcast. Well, again, there's a commonality here uh, when Eric and Tina were on the podcast, and obviously their podcast is 
is in their name of the show is 92 ages you know the, the their whole I, i'll let them talk about that again um if you haven't listened to their episode but we all graduated in the 1992 so wow does it, i feel old <laughs> i know but look how good we all look i know I mean, we if, look great you know if they had filled you know what's really great is now with the cameras and everything like that it's like the yearbooks you know when you got and sit down into photo and they're doing all the touch up finally like you know you can now have it on your phone your camera right the cameras now do all the touch up perfect <laughs> the <filter True>. <laughs> so yeah so with 1992 and we look back and we all uh have very common so both craig and i we grew up together in new jersey uh we went to high school in in the famous Saraville, new jersey high school famed by john bon jovi uh you know again yep Yep. If so anybody remembers BJ and the Bear. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Greg Evigan. That's right. I forgot about that. And also, he was a year behind us, Paul. But I don't know if you if you remember this, but Dulé Hill. Oh. Yeah, he was yeah. like he had just started acting, I think, because I remember like he did, I think maybe a Spike Lee movie or something. And then I didn't really think too much about him until Psych came out, and I was like, "Hey, that's Dulé Hill. I used to go to high school." With oh, him. I'm like, why do I know that name? <laughs> yeah, now yeah, I know yeah, because yeah. Psych. I yeah. love that show. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, 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 no. Hey, I love him from West Wing. We watched oh. him on West Wing every oh. year. So good. Yeah. And all right, He's this great. is this is now the Dulé Hill podcast uh, fan yeah. cast. <laughs> <laughs> so Dulé, if you're listening, yes, yeah, so we do remember you. And uh, it's funny because I, you know, when he was going to school. Uh, it's Dulé had played soccer, so obviously it's just uh you know you listen. Whenever by the time you listen to this, the World Cup had just finished up, so uh, he we used to play soccer with him. Back uh, yeah, so it's interesting, you know. Sarahville is just uh, what Craig uh, about a half an hour outside of New York, or at least Staten Island, at least. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like the like a good like if you're throwing darts, like a midway point between um, New York or Manhattan and Philadelphia. Hmm. Right. So yeah, so yeah, so you we know Central Jersey is like that part where you can live there and not get the accent. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, see, I never when people ask us, ask me, was like, well, whereabouts in New Jersey are you from? And they say, well, I don't know. Am I like, oh, north? Oh, you're up here, uh, south? Oh, you're down like way down by Atlantic City, or you know? So I'm like, I'm not quite sure where I live in New Jersey because depends on where you are. You identify. I said. We're like in the armpit of the state there, right? Where it kind of comes right in. And so best way to describe where it's at. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, so we grew up, uh, you know, obviously uh, uh, went through all through high school and I moved to Florida my last year, as I've talked many times on the show, but uh, Craig and I, yeah, we've, we've got, I'm sure we'll share a few stories, uh, you know, growing up being awkward, you know, teenagers and long hairs and you know dirt bags and our denim jackets and all these things and that we that we used to get called and uh sit and you know and talk about music and uh and i'm sure you guys had very similar thing as well who was your who was your ultimate band if you put them together and you know we craig and i sat in, in the back of this one class in in science class uh mr <laughs> uh mr i can't even say his name now but mr it was it was mr klitsky right yeah so yeah that's yeah. Talk about trying to go through life with that name and, you know, teenagers <laughs> picking on you, you know, poor guy. You and know. we went to school. Wasn't his son in our, in our class, yeah. like our grade. Yeah. Oh so, yeah, yeah. So it was uh, interesting there. So, but anyway, so we'll, we'll talk a little bit. We'll obviously talk more in and out through the podcast. And again, uh, Craig, I know this first time you're meeting Eric and Tina. And uh, like I said, they're, they've got their podcast. They grew up in 
the Midwest, mm-hmm. far from the bright lights and big city in New York and, and uh, California and L.A. And still, you know, and that kind of goes to show you how MTV, you know, had such an impact on, the, you know, all over. Right? Where it was before, as we know, the Internet before all sorts of streaming stuff is how do you get any information? You guys, I was listening to one of the episodes you guys did recently. I think it was your episode of your ratings of the bass players. Yeah. So you definitely got, oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. And, <laughs> and there was, yeah, it, like how, how you all got your information. Right. So you can talk a little bit about that, Eric and Tina, about, you know, how growing up, you know, getting that access to that music or, you know, in, you know, in the Midwest. Well, I mean, I think obviously things have changed significantly anyway in the last 30 years. Um, All of us get our information much differently than we did back then. But, you know, when you're growing up in a smaller town in Nebraska, uh, like you mentioned, you're certainly not anywhere close to the club scene in L.A. or the East Coast club scene. Um, And so you really are trying to gather bits and pieces of information from any source that you can. MTV was a huge resource for us. You know, they had like their newscasts that we would watch, like a regular newscast. Like that's all we cared about was what was happening on MTV that day. Uh, We would read Metal Edge magazine, you know, faithfully. And, you know, those were like our two kind of Bibles in terms of understanding what was going on with this music, who was coming out with what album, what the latest video releases were. I mean, that was, that was how we got our info. Yeah. Those uh, magazines were really important, like metal edge and hit parader. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember it's so funny when I think about it now and Erica, you had mentioned like, you know, now, you know, everything's just a Google sort of search away mm-hmm. or, you know, you go to a band's official website or whatever, but like, you know, you would hear about like the next release from Kicks. you know, mm-hmm. it, you know, in an interview in Metal Edge where he'd be like, yeah, we're recording the album now. You know, it's and it, it's so funny because, you know, we're from a, 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 a time period where like you had no other option but to be patient and how spoiled I've become, you know, in the Internet age. Like now, like I get mad if I can't find whatever I'm looking for. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's wild. Mm-hmm. Is he gets mad because he's still trying to find it? Is Kick still working on that album? Yeah, <laughs> Did that come out? <laughs> I think the other thing too that none of us really rely on that much anymore is your local radio station because you also learned who was coming, you know, to your hometown to play a show. That was the only way you learned that. It wasn't obviously it didn't come at you through the internet or anything like that. You might read about a tour kicking off in Metal Edge magazine, but the lag time of that magazine coming out and you might not even really, you know, know, but you know, your local radio gave you news too. That's mm-hmm. that's actually a really, really good point, Tina, because we had in Jersey, we had uh, WSOU, which was college radio, Seton Hall, and anybody that was coming through playing the club scene, they would stop at du- at WSOU. So, um, yeah, I remember me and my brother actually called up once, and I, my brother actually talked uh, or got to ask Eric Carr a question from Kiss. Cool. Um, so yeah, no, it was yeah, I, you know, that's I'm so glad you said that because I didn't even <clears throat> sort of process how important. The, the local radio scene was. And this is from somebody who worked in radio right out of college. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all wanted to work in radio, right? Because I mean, that's where shit was happening, 
like the radio station had all the power. Like that's where the contact points were made with the bands. That's how you got backstage. That's how you had an inside scoop as to what was going on in the music industry. So everybody wanted to, I was a station manager at my college for four years because radio was just cool. Like everybody wanted to be a radio. So when we, when we went through, uh, so I had moved and, you know, I've talked about my last year of high school, I moved to Florida and, uh, but yeah, Craig, you, 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 you graduated in 92 and then you, you went off to, uh, college or you went into, you know, engineering, right? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I went to college and I actually got my degree in audio recording technology. I wanted to be a, a record producer and nice. I quickly learned that without wealthy parents, that was very, very hard to accomplish. <laughs> So I kind of pivoted and got into live radio. Uh, the live element of it is what appealed to me with radio. And I, I worked behind the scenes mainly. I, I, I did a couple of on-air shifts, but I was a assistant to the chief engineer for a Class C um, FM and then an AM combo station. Um, and like I said, the, the live aspect of it is what uh, you know kind of appealed to me because in 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 recording if you screw up you just start again you know you just rewind the tape and start again and in radio like that wasn't an option like we would do live sporting events and if you screwed up you screwed up and you know you get yelled at by the gm the next day <clears throat> that's why we're taping this we're actually on a you know uh take take 35 <laughs> <laughs> yeah right yeah in all our free time yes yeah time. right so no it, you know, and, and, and Tina, that, uh, like Greg said, I think that was an excellent point you made is that, yes, I, I hate to sound old, right? You know, you know, kids, kids today, you know, they don't get, you know, or remember the way it was. And I was just, uh, before everybody joined, Eric and I were chatting about the, the break that I took from podcasting from December and, and then I went ahead and started up another whole show you know, in, in the meantime. And, you know, just kind of, it just happened. And one of the episodes I just was talking about was, yeah, is what do you listen to in the car? There's so many options now. And there was an, one of the parts was when I first got satellite radio, probably about 10 years ago. Afterwards, I started realizing, it's like, well, when did these guys come into town? You know, because now I'm listening to satellite radio and I lost the local, the localness of mm -hmm. listening to local right. radio, even though it was the same damn friggin' great white or ZZ top or whatever the, on the classic rock station, and especially in South Florida, there isn't a really great hard rock scene, uh, or music stations. Uh, we had a great alternative station, uh, but that went away. And so by then I was like, oh, I didn't know so-and-so was coming to the amphitheater. And, uh, so I, I, yeah, I think that that really is a good point is you miss out on some of that. And, uh, so, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting how we all obtain our music, uh, information, you know, the mag, yeah, oh my God, the magazines, you know, Craig, you know, Craig and I would go into, and I think I, I shared Craig, I shared the story with, with them, uh, when they were on their, the episode was our story about Bobby, uh, Bobby Blitz, you know, walking oh, yeah. to the supermarket and nobody knew who this guy was and except for me and you. And it was like, and then all of a sudden everybody's like, Oh, he was somebody famous because, you know, <laughs> meanwhile, he's just trying to return his videos to the, you know, the, the, you know, the courtesy desk, <laughs> man. I didn't know Bobby Blitz was a huge, uh, you know, uh, Ernest, uh, <laughs> Ernest fan. Saves Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Classic. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I so uh so Eric Cantina, it's you know, again, you know, growing up there in the nineties, you know, from I think what did we say it was like eighty eight to ninety two was those our high school years of music mm-hmm. and uh just revolving around, you know, like Craig and I and you know, we're always talking about music or listening to our cassette tapes. Anybody listen to cassette tapes anymore? Are they making a comeback yet? Um I don't think so and i don't think they ever will because it was probably the shittiest audio quality you could get so it was the worst format ever cassette tape eras overall though tina and i were just talking on a recent podcast episode like we are like the generation that sort of like missed vinyl because vinyl was like before us and then we were like cassettes and cds like that's what we had and then vinyl now has made a huge resurgence and a lot of you know the gen zers are buying vinyl um, when they're purchasing music or consuming music. And so we really, we were like the generation that really missed the whole vinyl thing, you know? But uh, I don't think cassette tapes are going to make a, a resurgence anytime soon. They were pretty junky. It was convenient. I mean, I get, I get where the, the the portability was right i think that was it was the oh, only yeah. way to listen yeah. to music yeah. in your car for a very long time yeah right. you know what i love though is when cds came on um which i was probably i mean we were definitely in high school by the time we got to cds but tina i love the fact that like you could go directly to a song like you could like go directly into like yep. track two and you didn't have to like fast forward got to track two and try to hit it like exactly right and then rewind it a little and then fast fast forward i mean it was just like this like game you were playing to try to get it right on the nose so you could start the song from the beginning yeah but think and you could repeat it, it too right yeah right you could repeat it yeah yeah, yeah but but come on you're, you're missing some fundamental things about cassettes now okay so one Who's making you know uh, hot mixtapes on a CD? Right, you know, he's burning. Uh, you know, that wasn't yeah. even a thing just yet until you know Napster and all that came out, right? So no, you know, there's no mix CDs until much later on. Trying to, okay, I know y'all did this, is recording off of the radio, right? Mm-hmm. So you, oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Like, all right, stop talking over the song. Waiting I'm trying to record for the it. song to start. Waiting for the song to start so you could hit record. And yeah, yeah, the damn DJ was always like blabbing over the top of it. So you had like talk and then the song. Yeah. And so then and then dubbing, if you had a two deck two deck, right? That you can actually make copies of your, you know, copies. we all mm-hmm. bootlegged and we're all admitting, you know, that we've all committed a crime somewhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, but yeah, so uh yeah, yeah, it's like I said, Craig and I, you know, when we walked home from school and, you know, and we've got our Walkmans and I actually still, Craig, I actually still have my Walkman. I don't know if it works, but I actually still have it. That's awesome. I actually, I live in Las Vegas now, so I moved cross country about seven years ago and I had to make some tough choices in that move. It's it's <laughs> the, it's the only way to move cross country. Yeah. I mean, you, <laughs> you know, you can't bring everything with you, so. I think my mom had a pretty kick-ass garage show when I left. I bet. I bet. <laughs> I want to add another use for the cassette tape because you guys don't know this. Erica and I, we've been friends for 40 years. And when we were in grade school together and then middle school, we used to record ourselves. This is like our early podcast days, right? We would literally just hit record and record our conversations just messing around on a Friday night or whatever. Mm. And we actually have some tapes that have survived that era that include she and I singing Bon Jovi songs, talking about being rock stars, you know, talking about the music we love and the hot guitar players we love and all that stuff. So 
we're we're actually fixing to to have an episode where we maybe play some of those basement tapes. Oh, and, that's gonna be great. That's yeah. amazing. So, like, what was your uh, like? What was your gateway like? Sort of band. Like, it's funny with me. Like, I had an older brother who was about two and a half years older than me, who was into Kiss. So by default, I was into Kiss. But I reached that age where, like, it was probably seventh grade, um, where I found my own band, and that was ACDC. And like, I like I discovered them. So like, I felt like an incredible ownership to them because I'm like, I didn't find this band through my brother. So like, what was your like gateway band that like really started everything for you? Yeah. Well, Erica tells this story about really Motley Crue, but again, like your introduction, you know, introduced to us through our friend Amber's older brother. Right. So it was just a little above us um, that that came to us. But then I think, I feel like we just started rapidly discovering you know, Bon Jovi and then Poison. And then they were just kind of coming at us and we were just open to it at that point. But I feel like Motley Crue was probably the first band of that genre. We were like, holy crap, what is this? But <laughs> I remember listening to Motley Crue when I was very, very young. Like that's where I was first exposed to Motley Crue because it was a Shout at the Devil album, right. you know, which was like early 80s. And so I was probably like third, fourth grade when Shout at the Devil came out. So I was pretty young. I would say, though, that Tina, probably you and I, as probably our most primary gateway band, probably would have been Bon Jovi. Yeah. Like we really got into Bon Jovi in a really big way early on. Um, And then everything else, like you said, Tina, just started hitting all at the same time because they really did. Like all of a sudden the floodgates opened and everyone was playing that kind of music. But Bon Jovi for sure was way up there for us. Yeah, I think actually if if I mean, I guess you could argue like Def Leppard might have been more important for this aspect of what I'm about to say. But like, I feel like Bon Jovi and then like, like I said, Def Leppard, they were like this sort of great bridge for people to like go from listening to pop music to mm-hmm. listening to like straight up rock music. And I think now it's probably not as important. But I definitely think that like those bands, you know, served a, a a pretty good purpose in terms of, you know, sort of getting people away from like, you know, pop music into rock and roll. And then mm. God knows where they went from there. Yeah. Well, I, you know, it, it's it's funny. I think an important part of the MTV that was very early was before Headbangers Ball, before the real explosion of hair metal. Uh, you know, the genre is the Friday night video fights. I think oh, yeah. that was right. Cause Friday night videos. Yeah. Right. Cause then you're, you're, you're usually, I just remember it seemed like a time period where it was always a deaf leper or quiet, riot We're always up against, you know, they were staying, you know, so again, to your, to your point, Craig is, um, Def Leppard was, and, and Eric and Tina, you know, on your, one of the episodes you guys were just talking about was uh, with Bobby Blotzer was how their music style was very pop. You know, of course, they probably wouldn't accept the fact that they were being referred to as pop. But again, it was very much a catchy, very the good rhythm, good that white people can dance to. <laughs> you, yeah. you know, I mean, it was a really good, solid rhythm. And, uh, and I think Def Leppard, obviously, very much similar to, I mean, it's very catchy and, and so forth. Well, I mean, let's be honest, pop stands for popular. And during that 
time frame, like that four or five, six year period, like this was the music. This was the music that was at the top of the Billboard charts that was on MTV 24-7. Like this was the popular music. So it may not be pop in the sense that later on it became Britney Spears and the Backstreet Boys and all of these other types of bands, but it certainly was the most popular music of the decade in a lot of ways. And so, um, and there was a ton of crossover. It was a, a type of music that you could listen to if you were a rocker, but you could also listen to if you were a 13 year old girl and listening to the power ballads, you know, it was, there was a lot of crossover there and everybody was listening to it. And that's the thing I think people forget, like at a time, there was a time when everyone was listening to this music. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like it's funny. I saw rat um, speaking of Bobby Blotzer, I saw rat at like the Nassau Coliseum and Uniondale, Long Island, where the Islanders used to play, like that's, you know, like a 15,000 seat yeah. arena. You know, and and, and if, if you even look at it, like um, if, if people are listening and they haven't sort of seen it, just Google heavy metal parking lot, which is, I think, in Maryland, uh, outside of a Judas Priest concert yeah. and sort of the mixing pot of people you see there is is kind of wild, too, because you see like, you know, your typical, you know, as Paul said, you know, dirt bags, but then you've got like you've got like some posers and you've got some, you know, some jocks and everything. And Mm -hmm. I think as, as funny as it is to watch now, I think heavy metal parking lot is really a great sort of snapshot of, of what it was to be a music fan back then. And, and the other thing you got from that is also that like people went to shows more just for the social aspect of it, not always for the band. It was just a way to get together with other young people. Mm-hmm. Or meet girls, right? <laughs> like we hear that a lot, especially with this genre. We tried. To, we we yeah. tried. Girls went there, and so the guys followed. Yeah, we tried. <laughs> we tried. I'm not going to say if we were successful or not, but <laughs> no, I'll straight up say I wasn't successful. And uh, man, if I had the knowledge I had now, well, Tina and I needed men there so that we could sit on their shoulders. Because we did that a lot at shows. You know, it was all GA. You're all standing. You're young girls. You can't see anything. You needed to find, like, some friendly guys who would let you, like, sit on their shoulders so you could see. It was a very important part of the whole process. All right, Erica. Wow. Erica, it's your mind's turn to get a, an animal in a the camera shot here now. Yeah. <laughs> no, the four-month-old puppy is not coming in. I can tell you that right now. It would be utter chaos. God. Oh, Yeah. It, it and you know we're you know I still remember some of the the the, the trips that uh, Craig and I and his brother took up to Newark right and again you know nowadays one, yeah uh, yeah it was like I would I would I wouldn't even go there even as an adult now kind of thing and <laughs> you know it was a small club and we saw you know I, I get what would you consider that Craig it B level C level bands that we had saw that we knew we we knew about right. Yeah, I mean, bands that you would probably see, like, really, really, like, probably in, like, the last half hour of Headbangers Ball, (laughs) you know, like, you know, either bands that, you know, I mean, you didn't really have, you know, nowadays, if you see a band, it's you either see them coming up or coming down. Right. Um, Back then, you you didn't really see anybody coming down. So you were seeing bands like on the on the way up. And between Studio One, Paul, and then uh, Club Benet, we saw some some pretty you know wild um some pretty wild acts came through club benet as well which um yeah i mean like they're probably like you know the size of the top floor of my house here i mean just really 
small venues yeah. it, you know it's kind of mind-blowing now mm. the uh who was it? just trying to yeah we i remember seeing love love hate you know uh yep. or or spread eagle you know some of those bands it's like again you're like oh my god you know really you know but again they had very raw i mean some of those bands were very raw edge kind of thing and well at least with love hate you know i think they had a little bit more people probably know of the name or at least obviously their lead singer you know jizzy pearl yeah he's singing for quiet riot now oh, wow <laughs> ever just everybody just is a uh you know ancestral moves around to other bands now yeah that's like, for sure who is it oh um not a uh, not don doc and uh why am i drawing a blank uh Jeff Peel, the Pilsen, right, is now yeah, he's with Foreigner, right? Now, isn't yeah, he? I'm like, wouldn't he kick his own ass for being in that band, right, back in the day? <laughs> well, Foreigner is also one of those. They're one of the few bands that's out there touring that have no members from like their original. even their core lineup. You know, you can't even say their original lineup. Their core lineup, like, um, I think Mick Jones, the guitar player, I think he plays like very very select gigs and like i don't even know if they announce whether or not he's going to be there so there's mm. people that are going to see foreigner and it's cover band. not foreigner tribute band. Yeah. <laughs> well I, mean, Paul, I feel like we should jump into our questions yes yes because we're starting to cross over into some <laughs> trivia questions yes. okay oh is that is that, that a hint? uh is question related all right. So because, Paul, you know, the reason that we're here really is to have a face off between New Jersey and Nebraska. <laughs> That's right. Class of 92. Recording right. in progress. All right. So I totally forgot to hit record on all that in the video, but <laughs> I, I've been recording audio the whole time. So, oh, okay. well, at least. the Yeah. So, I mean, that's a stupid me. Again, it's all these buttons you have to push but at least i've been recording well, yeah, technology recording local and then we've been recording well now. you're recording the most important part yeah. which is this right. part right here right. Yes. where we're going to do this trivia competition right yeah right although my dogs are a little mad talk. that they got camera time that was not captured and now they're both <laughs> they're both the dogs sleeping. Are pissed and demanding royalties <laughs> i'm actually happy you did not get my cat's butt on video there you so. go yes yeah so you, if you're listening to the audio part, or if you're watching this, you'll have to listen to the audio of the podcast because you, you're going to miss the references that we're going to make about that we didn't actually record on video. So, but uh, so anyway, so yeah, so uh, like Eric said, we've got here to get to the, the the main event. Here is uh, we were chatting, like I said, when I was on their podcast, and I said, oh man, I said I got a friend. We we also went to graduate in '92. You know, so there's a lot of similarities. We grew up listening to music and sitting in the back of the classroom doodling and on the notepads and, and so forth. And I said, we got to We got to do a trivia. We got to do some trivia here. Let's see if let's see if I, you know, uh, if, if we've got what it takes. You know, I told, you know, Craig, I says, Eric and Tina, they know their stuff. I, you know, and uh, well, we'll see. <laughs> I mean. You can get pretty deep into some of these questions and, you know, so it depends on how tough your questions are, but I, yeah. you know, well, Tina and I actually, we just read this book, nothing but a good time. I don't know if you guys have ever read it, oral but history so I feel of, like I've yeah. recently brushed up on all that I need to know. Uh -oh, so, so, so I shouldn't have like picked all nothing but poison uh, trivia questions then. Right. <laughs> yeah. I knew better to stay away from Motley Crue and Nikki six. Right. Cause oh. yeah. Erica knows everything. That's my favorite. Yeah, Erica knows m m stuff about Nikki six and Nikki six doesn't even know about <laughs> cause he doesn't remember it. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> all right. So I don't know. So, uh, I, I guess, uh, I don't know. We'll, uh, I'll I'll just say this that this is uh, my show, so I'll 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 say that we'll uh we'll go first. Um, so we'll uh, go with 
the first hey. question here. So I'll I'll go ahead and right out the gate. It is actually so question number one from the, the East Coast team here. It is a Motley Crew reference. So let's see if you get this. Okay. All right. So what type of car was Vince Neil driving when he got into an accident that killed Razzle? I want to, Eric, I think I, I have two in my brain right now and I'm not sure which one it is. I want to say it's a Ferrari. That's what I want to say. It's close. It's a very, uh, was cl- it a Lamborghini? No, it's, oh, it's well, a car that's... that is very similar to a supercar like that. And, I'll give you a hint. It's a, There was a thrash metal band uh, oh. name. I, I I know it, Paul. Yeah. All right. So thrash metal is not really our jam. No, <laughs> I, I know. I know. But you'll know. There were no hot guys playing thrash metal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, and remember, yeah, send, send, all your, send all your uh, questions and, uh, you know, mail to uh, Erica at... Uh, <laughs> If you're a thrash metal guy, listen to this. All yeah, right. Sorry. Sorry, thrash metal. Actually, Paul, I know the answer because. No, no, th- this is, no, this is, it's us. It's us. Yeah. Us. Yeah. yeah, no, but you what I'm saying in? is your clue, you your clue helped steel? me. <laughs> well, no, your clue helped me, but also I, I kind of knew this answer because uh, when I was a kid, my dad worked at a tire shop and he actually um, was in the shop when the guys from Vanilla Fudge came in to buy tires for this type of car. They were big in, they were big in the nineties. Right. So, um, and again, I know it's and not actually, they're on a, a quote unquote reunion tour right yes. now with two of the four mem- original members because two of the members were Are brothers dead. that recent that died. One died on stage. <laughs> well, didn't die on stage. He was murdered. On stage. Okay. Yes. Yes. He was murdered on stage. All right. Oh, guys... talking, are we talking about Dimebag? Oh, we're getting closer. Okay. What band is it? Pantera. There you go. Yes. That's not the name of the car. car? <laughs> That's the car? Okay. Yes. It was actually the name of the car. It's <laughs> we actually... clearly don't know about thrash metal or cars. <laughs> or cars. Now, was that, did Paul, do, do you remember if they actually used that car, like that type of car in the dirt on Netflix? I don't remember if they used uh, they. I would assume they had to, have, uh, but I'd have to go back and watch that. But again, I have to get through the opening scene of the dirt where it's a that party. It's like, wow, talk about an opening of a movie. Like, yeah. okay, there's, yeah, it leaves nothing to the imagination. Yeah, it's like, oh, okay, yeah. this is definitely not a movie that I can watch when the kids are just at least in the <laughs> other room. Is. No. Yeah. No, <laughs> we didn't share answers, so I actually yes. thought, uh, ladies, that I thought it was a Ferrari as well. Yeah, so. that's that was the first thing that came to my mind. Yeah, uh, yeah. we did not get that point, and now yeah. I'm starting to wonder if our questions are going to be much easier. Uh oh, uh oh. We'll see. Uh, the next one, I, I just I, assumed that we were all going to get every question wrong because we were trying to just like stump every each <laughs> trying other, trying to like best each other. <laughs> all right. So all right. So so you got your guys' turn. Tina, you go. You give a you throw out a question. Okay, I'm going to throw out this question. Um, Frontman Kelly Hansen of 80s metal band Hurricane went on to sing for which great classic rock band still touring today? You got it, Craig? Paul? I, I, I got it. We, I, I know why Erica cut us off now. <laughs> <laughs> He's singing okay. for Foreigner. Oh, ding, 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 ding. okay. 
So he's for the East Coasters. Yeah. And by the way, Kelly Hansen is an amazing vocalist and Foreigner's going on their farewell tour in 2023. So, you know, make sure to get there. And he's also been, I mean, he's been with Foreigner for long enough now to actually like, you know, be considered legit. Like, uh, you know what? I think we might have seen Hurricane Paul. I don't know if it was after you moved, but I kind of feel like me and my brother saw them. Um, although there was another band called Hurricane Alice as well. I might be thinking of them. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. 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 We love Hurricane. We talk about Hurricane quite a bit on the podcast because we're such big fans of Kelly Hansen. And actually, I love Kelly Hansen with Foreigner. I think he brings a lot to that puzzle. And so I've booked them before. We didn't talk about this, but I actually book shows and, oh, and wow. in the concert business. But I've booked Foreigner before, and I think they're phenomenal live. And I love Kelly's voice. It's still as strong as ever. He's a great vocalist. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And also his last name is the same as mine. We could be related. <laughs> you don't know. Is he, he's got the E, not the O? Oh, he's got the E, yeah. Oh, so you oh, just wow. tell people you're married to him. <laughs> yeah, I should. <laughs> that is so wild that we ended up talking about foreigner like and i don't even remember how we got there like i know random, random. it's paul's fault because he started talking about jeff pilson that's right that's uh, right. right so all right now you did remember how we got there so all right anyway all right craig so you're you're, you're up here so your uh, first question okay now. give us a question okay so what state did skid row record their self-titled debut album in i feel like this is a trick question Mm-hmm. Is there any mul- I, multiple choice? Uh... I feel like they put them in the middle of the country, like in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. At a golf Was it Wisconsin? Wisconsin. You got it. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Yes. We got it, Tina. Fist bump. It was a wow. golf course. It was like a golf course, right? Like in the middle of some weird kind of situation. Yeah. I really thought I was going to stump you guys with that. Um, excellent. <laughs> Shit. You stumped excellent. me. Yeah. Okay. So one for the one for the Midwestern. <laughs> there you go. All right. So is it? We like t- need to go harder. Is it? T- I, know, I know, Tina. I think our questions are way too easy. Is it tied up? I don't know. You got that question pretty quick. I mean, <laughs> we tied up now. Pantera. We didn't get the Pantera. We we thought it was no. All right. So it's okay, our turn. Gonna, okay. Right, so I I'll throw one out now. Which two rockers comprise the band name Guns and Roses? Okay. Um, Paul, you want to take this one? All right. So Tracy Guns and Axl Rose. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Very good. Okay. East Coasters won. <laughs> I got a cool Tracy Guns story. Um, so when they reunited within the last couple of years, like, because there were like the dueling uh, LA Guns yes. for a while. Yeah. But like when, um, when Tracy and Phil, Lewis got back together. They played a club here in Vegas called uh, Counts Vamped, and you probably know the Count. They were just there. Yeah, they just had a couple more shows there. Yeah, yeah, I saw them uh, like probably two years ago there, um, and it was the loudest stage guitar I've ever heard. <laughs> like, I I had hearing protection, and I was and like when I got home, my ears were still rigging. Like, wow. Tracy was like, I'm just going to turn my stage volume up as loud as possible. <laughs> uh, I, like I was in awe. Like I was just like, wow. Like you, you they pro- like it's, you probably heard it on the strip. Like, yeah, that's on brand. 
we um we interviewed Tracy on our podcast this past year. He's actually a really great guy. It was a it was a fun interview. Cool. I'm gonna have to go in your archives and uh yeah and check some of your episodes out. Um it's your turn, Paul, right? So we're yep. uh mm-hmm. two two points for us, one point for you guys, right? Yes. All right. So you guys should get this one. Okay. So what year did MTV launch? Oh Jesus. <clears throat> um it was 81 or 82. All right. Yeah, 81. There you go. Yeah. You got it. Okay. You said 81 first. So I guess <laughs> it actually, it, I mean, all of us were young then. I know. We were like in first or second grade. All right. So, for, so for bonus points, you know, what was the first video? Video killed the radio, killed the radio star. And, <laughs> and so they launched on actually, and I did, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it because I want you to remember now. So they launched on August 1st, 1981. August first, nineteen eighty one. Okay, yep, my birthday. I knew it was fall. So oh, I expect. I would expect <laughs> yeah. Happy birthday! Yeah. <laughs> um, what was the second video played? Uh, yeah, you got me. It was actually Pat Benatar. You better run. And because Neil Drago played on that, it was the first guitar to play on MTV. Oh, because right. It was a guitar in the in oh, video okay. radio star. Yeah, I just, remember. They just got inducted. They just got inducted okay. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Super cool. And Rod Stewart was third, just saying. Okay. That's all I know. Just the and okay, that's fourth it. was. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So it's time. Okay, ty- you ask a question. Two, two, you ask right? a question next. Yeah, it's 2 2. Okay. Okay. What documentary on 80s metal was directed by the same person who directed the movie Wayne's World? Name well, both the documentary and the director. Okay. I got this one, Paul. Uh, Wayne Isham? No. no. I said I got this one, Paul. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I heard my name. <laughs> It's uh, Penelope Spheris is the director, and the movie is, or the documentary is, The Decline of Western Civilization Part 2, The Metal Years. The Metal Very Years. Good. Very good, Craig. Great documentary. Oh, yeah. It's, Great documentary. That's got the classic Chris Holmes in the oh, pool. Yeah. With his mom. <laughs> yeah. So cringe movie. Wait, did you guys, did you guys interview the, the girl, the Miss uh, Club girl? This Kazari? No, no yes. we can't find her. No. Cindy Bermisa? Is this she on no, Instagram? She's on Insta- She's on Instagram though. I, she is? I thought. She's on social. She's yeah. on okay. social. Yeah. Yeah. So well, yeah, you gotta, listen, you gotta listen to that episode. Maybe she can be, yeah, she should be our next interview, Tina. Oh, that would do it. Where are they now? <laughs> are they okay? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's three for us. Yep. Okay. Another one for us. Okay. okay, so it's my turn, right, Paul? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Rudy Sarzo famously played bass for Whitesnake. Name two other artists he has played bass for. Well, there's Quiet Riot. Quiet Riot. Mm-hmm. And did he play for Ozzy? Yes, he did. Ding, ding, yeah. ding, 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 ding. Very good. Excellent work. <laughs> And he's currently playing with, um, well, he's back with Quiet Riot. And prior to that, he was playing with, was it Grand Funk Railroad, I want to say? Oh, wow. Mm. I love Rudy Sarzo. Oh, he's great. Yeah, we Um, love Rudy Sarzo. Yeah, and we actually, we have two Yorkies here. And he actually uh, is pretty active in um, a Yorkie rescue out of California. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So cute. Yeah. No, he's great. All right. All right. Wow. Okay, so I'm going to do a follow up question, and it's kind of similar to the one that you just gave us. 
Name two bands of which iconic guitarist Slash has been a member. Okay. Um, are we counting Guns N' Roses? I guess you can, although we should have taken that one away. I know, right? Yeah. Uh, Paul, do you have an answer? Why, do, why am I drawing a blank? Uh, um, go ahead. I know he's with the one with Scott Weiland. Why am I drawing a blank? Uh, yeah, Velvet Revolver. Velvet Revolver. Yep. Yeah. And then I also don't know if you want to count if you if you want me to like earn it, Erica. We can say slashes Snake Pit. There we go. <laughs> Very good. You fully earned it. Good oh. question. All right. So is it my turn? Yeah. All right. So here we got a little bit of a karaoke here. So I want to hear your best. You get ready? Y'all ready? All right. Ready. So I want to hear your best, Sebastian Bach. Okay, so finish this line from Skid Row's 18 in Life. Tequila in his heartbeat, his veins burned. Gasoline. Gasoline. There you go. There you go. Motor running. Well, I, wait, 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 no, 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 no. I said I had to hear the singing part of it. Can we hear the actual? Erica, you go ahead and answer that one. <laughs> he knows the one that karaoke's, oh. not me. In the backyard. All right. So there we go. So, all right. So now. Was it three, three? No, I think four. It's four. It, you guys have four and we have three. Okay. Yeah. Or something. Okay. All right. <laughs> We're one okay. behind you because we got the first one wrong. Yeah. Okay. Um, what is the band that never got signed, but launched the careers of several 80s metal rockers, including Nikki Six and Izzy Stradlin? Oh, goodness. Wow. Tina, you're really. <laughs> no, no, it. Craig, it's like a name of a it's a name of a country or state or something. <sighs> a place. People place and God, things. it's it's like on the London? Yes. Very good. good. Nice, nice pull, Paul. <laughs> nice save. I, I think wow. I only remember that from you know, reading the uh the dirt. There was other that stuff. Was an, yeah. That was an excellent question. And that yeah. is actually a really cool bit of trivia as well. Mm -hmm. They were featured heavily in the decline of Western civilization too, as well. It was just sort of like this launching pad and, and, you know, they lived in that camper and just kind of <laughs> rolled around town and had women buy them groceries. But yes, London. Can you imagine being yeah. the man and like, Hey, when is it my turn to like, you know, get promoted up to the, uh, the next level? Yeah. That's uh yeah, there was it, I, London. the I, sad, sad, tragic story of London. I had, um, <laughs> yeah. Cause I had, the, reading the dirt was just you know that book and their perspectives and each of their I mean it, it was interesting each of the you know different chapters about each of their parts of their life and and telling their story and obviously how do you how do you turn that book right and I mean they did you know into a movie about it which is it's almost insane it's like I was like yeah if they ever make this a movie it's gonna have to be like NC seventeen or it's definitely not something that's you know right. and uh, thank God for things like Netflix. But um, just him talking about growing up, right? Nikki Six and, you know, all that, you know, I don't know. I It was always, it, 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 I really think about, you know, you trade some of the things in how you were, your upbringing, if for things that people that had struggles and, and a terrible upbringing to be a rock star or be someone famous, right? You know? And, yeah. and that's tough, right? I mean, obviously, he had a very bad upbringing, and you're being raised by his 
his grandparents, right? I think that's what it was. Yeah, but for a have... large portion of his life, yeah. yeah. All kinds of relatives, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, another book, you know, is uh, I picked up was uh, Stephen Adler's book. That's a, that's an actually an, an interesting book. Obviously, being you know a drummer and you know kind of reading through his his things, and I'm like, and and somebody made a reference about talking about Slash, and maybe it was I think your, your guys is uh, one of the recent episodes was talking about how Slash, you know, seems like a pretty cool guy, very, uh, you know, almost no no bad bone in his body, you know, and but also it seemed like he never really stuck up for Steven as good as friends as they were. The shit he mm-hmm. went through with Axel and other stuff, and. Again, he gets kicked out of band for doing heroin, but the whole damn band's, you know, doing, you know, that was the, sure. the irony, right? But yeah. Well, I mean, Steve, Steven had a lot of stuff going on at that point. I mean, the one thing you can say about Slash is, you know, Slash might have been indulging in whatever he indulged in, but he was still able to, to sort of perform. And I, I, I hate to say this, um, but like Guns N' Roses definitely outgrew Steven Adler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Guns N' Roses outgrew everybody but Axel. I mean, it's. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely uh, definitely one side of it. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think well, it's 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 wild because we all remember Appetite mm-hmm. and like when Guns N' Roses came out and they were like considered a like a band. Like whereas now, it really is just and even like by the time of Use Your Illusion, like you know Axel had really you know, sort of asserted his control there. I mean, mm-hmm. I oh, think yeah. about, I think about Guns N' Roses a lot and like how it's been 30 years since Use Your Illusion. And that that's like, that was their last big statement. And I mean, mm-hmm. like they, they were sort of, uh, you know, in the grand scheme of rock and roll, they were there for a very short period of time, but they're oh, yeah. still, I mean, they're still selling out stadiums and arenas. I mean, it's oh, yeah, worldwide. It's yeah. wild. They're 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 staying their staying power was short in that sense of how big and known they you know, and again, it's all the other things that went into the allure and the mystery of that band, right? All the craziness and 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 that it's yeah. I that's a yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a good point. You can only get so big before you you know, before it, it gets too big. Some cool guns and roses trivia. Um I actually I don't know, Paul, you you did you go see Guns N' Roses and Metallica Faith No More at Giant Stadium with us? Nope. I was already, I think it was already in Florida by then. All right. That, if you want some Craig Cohen trivia, that was the first concert I ever got stoned at. Oh. oh. It, was a, it was a communal joint. It was the true Puff Puff Pass experience. Oh, which... boy. Good thing COVID wasn't around. <laughs> wow. That's surprising. That's something I didn't know. So there you God, go. Wow. God knows who I shared a joint with that day. <laughs> You're right. Paul, you moved to Florida and shit just went downhill. Back. I know that's it. You know, it's all my, it's all my fault that, you know, his life went to, you know. Well, the even crazier thing is like now, I don't know in, in, in your individual States, but I know here in, in California, like I can walk to a dispensary down the street and, yeah. you know, get some like good, like medical grade cannabis. And, yeah. you know, I actually take it like in an aspirin now and it's just like, you know, I take it before I go to bed and I sleep like a baby. But I guess we'll save that for the cannabis episode, Paul. <laughs> That's a different episode of this Drugs, podcast. Drug, hey, there you go. <laughs> there, I know I've, I'm always, you know, messaging the, you know, the girls on, uh, you know, social media. I'm like, hey, this would be a great idea for an episode. Or how about this? You know, they go drugs and rock and roll. There you go. So Yeah, <laughs> yeah. perfect. 
is it is it our turn um yes i just asked the question about but wait did i about london yes yeah yes okay did you ask the last question from our team paul uh so i read oh no you you asked the skid row lyric right so you're yeah okay um so scott travis has been the drummer for judas priest since 1989 who did he replace now this now to be fair Craig, this isn't really in their swim lane. In it's Christ, metal. <laughs> in Christ's defense, we literally just read Ron Halford's oh. memoir, and neither one of us are going to be able to pull this. I can't pull this name out. Oh, I don't wow. think I can pull that one out. Did he have a nickname? No, just a very run-of-the-mill name. Ah, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, I know they had revolving. They had revolving drummer syndrome. Where he was their drummer. Had- Prior to Scott Travis, this guy was their drummer. Like he played with the band in the uh, you know the Us Festival. Mm-hmm. Um, he looked like somebody's dad, which was funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know the name. I, I don't know. Oh, wow. Oh, well, okay. Well, it was Dave Holland. Okay. Still okay. don't know the name. <laughs> <laughs> that did not live in that did not live in my brain and did not get deposited forever. No. Oh wow. So how was Rob's book? I've been thinking about reading that. It was great. Yeah. Great. And I, we don't really talk about Judas Priest on the podcast at all. Um, you know, cause we really do focus more on like that almost kind of like glam era of eighties metal. And certainly Judas Priest wasn't really that, uh, they were, you know, they'd been around for years by the time this whole scene showed up, but, um, that book really turned me into a Judas Priest fan. Like I thought Rob Halford's telling of his story was great. I thought he wrote really well um, and told his story really well. I actually listened to a chunk of it on audiobook, which oh, he cool. told himself. And I just thought it was fascinating. I, I kind of became a Judas Priest fan after reading that book. Awesome. I actually became a legitimate priest fan during COVID. I discovered them while just looking for stuff to do while I was furloughed at work. Um, and that's when I was like, you know what, I'm going to like really get into their catalog and like really see what they're about because it's funny as like, as a metalhead, um, at least in my experience as like a metalhead, Judas Priest were always kind of, they always seemed like, like the, I don't know if like party city is the right word, but like, they always just seemed like too like too leathery and mm-hmm. like you know and now you know why like halford leaned into it as heavily as he did and i actually think that like priest gave a lot of glam metal bands like a license to to do what they did uh but at the time i never really re- uh, you know and also like i think the time i was really getting to music on my own is like during the turbo era where like mm-hmm. I'm i'm really into like keyboards and synths now but like back then i was like you know Come yeah. on, guys. You know, like was it you know, metal? turbo. Yeah. Um, but I I actually got the last priest album I needed to complete like the series of remasters they did a couple of years back where like it spells out the whole band name when you put all the CDs together. Oh, cool. I finally found the last one I needed. It was like completing a puzzle piece. Um, so oh mm. uh, that's that's wild. I, I'm definitely gonna read that book now. Mm, it well, was great. You guys have seen the obviously the the Rockstar movie, right? And how it was yeah. loose, right? Loose or based on the whole Judas Priest, you know, situation. Mm. Yeah. 
So I not to get into a whole priest thing here, but I I, I listened back to back two times yesterday. Actually, I was in the car doing Christmas shopping, so I was driving all around the valley here, and I listened to Painkiller twice. Hmm. And it's amazing to me that Painkiller is like sort of this. It's a really really good heavy metal right album, but that. Like Halford left after that, it it blows my mind that like they, they left on top. They reached well. I guess that's what it is, Paul. They reached like this peak, and then Halford was like, "Okay, I'm out of here." Like you know, it's it's interesting the way he tells the story of that because it almost was a misunderstanding that he was too embarrassed to go back and clear up. So <laughs> when he said, "I'm going to go do some solo stuff," he didn't mean I'm leaving the band. He meant. I'm going to, while we're not doing this, I'm going to do some other things. And it kind of got away from him. And then a publicist announced he'd left the band and all this kind of stuff. And he was sort of like, uh, uh, wait, I didn't mean yeah. that. Um, but was too embarrassed and went years and years and years longing to be back with the band, but didn't know how to approach the guys and talk about it. So it, it's an interesting part of, of their story. Oh mm-hmm. wow! Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you did did you all watch the uh, Judas Priest uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction? I missed yeah. that chunk of it. I have not seen it yet. Oh my god, it's so good because it it's so funny that nowadays with with band politics and replacement members, it's always like getting all the people on stage together is always like really really difficult. So like I think back to like some of my favorite Hall of Fame induction moments are like when Yes got inducted. And there was like two versions of Yes at that point, but they all got back on stage. Getty Lee paid, played bass since Chris, Chris Squire had passed away. And with Judas Priest, K.K. Downing, who's no longer in the band, and he left in under very, very bad terms. K.K. Downing was on stage standing right next to his replacement, Richie Faulkner. And to see the two of them on stage together playing and Glenn Tipton on the other sides of the stage battling through Parkinson's to play his parts. I mean, it's worth checking out. It's, and, and it's, it's always amazing to see like bands get the, like they get beyond like the politics and like all bullshit aside. It was like for that 10 minutes, Mm -hmm. they were able to do what they did. And like, yeah, I love that. Yeah. I mean, as a kiss fan, it, it was really hard for like to see them get inducted into the hall of fame and like, everybody's ego got in the way of them suiting yeah. up and playing on stage together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, even Bon Jovi, you know, even John and Richie reunited for that. It's, it's important that th- that's the whole reason you're being honored is that core group. If you were a part of that, you were a part of this thing, this magical thing. Right. So um, mm-hmm. I think, yeah. it, and even like guns, right. Guns and roses when they were inducted, you know, Adler came back on and, you know, and Sorum was with them for, you know, the, obviously the big, you know, use your illusion stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's it's good to see. I mean, unfortunately, one of the bands we just talked about was Skid Row, and everyone keeps calling for them. And uh, you know, there I just saw the announced because again, th- you know, like we said, right, Tina, it was a local radio. Local radio is not going to let me know that Skid Row is coming uh, to Fort Lauderdale next year in March. But it was thank God I had like signed up for some ticket thing or whatever alert that I found out. I was like, oh, okay. I said, well. I'm going to reach out to them and I'm going to try to get them on the show and again, play up the whole, Hey, you know, Hey, you remember me thing or whatever. And, but that's another band. It's like, I, it gets, it just runs too deep to say, can you put things aside? Everybody wants you to get back together. 
Yeah. And that's got to be the most frustrating thing, though, Paul, because like at this point, it's been almost 30 years yeah, I know. since Sebastian Bach. I mean, and I know that they, don't, they like, don't want it right. They don't want it for the money. But at the same time, I, I, I don't well, know. And, I, and Skid Row's new singer is amazing. Eric yeah, he is. Oh, God. Incredible. Yeah. And so you don't want to disrupt that new partnership either. Um, you know, just for the sake of saying the original lineups back right. together kind of thing, right? I well, mean, like, same with Rat, same with Great White, same with yep. LA Guns. You know, there's been a split on a lot of these bands. Right. And I, they'd have to get, well, again, if you're going to go all in, you'd have to, if you're going to go all the way to extent to, to somehow make it work with Sebastian and the guys, the three core guys, you'd have to get Rob back, which I don't think Rob's, you know, has any interest. You know, I don't know, but Rob's kind of, been doing his own business thing you know i, I did look into yeah, what rob's doing but he, he still plays though because yeah. he replaced um what was that band four by fate it's like two of the guys from ace Frehley's band mm. and the drummer uh god the drummer died and rob replaced him on a tour i guess mm. i don't remember who the drummer was though yeah. um but either way that's a that would have been a good trivia question yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right so i guess it's your i say i guess it's y- y'all's turn here so all right is it my turn yep i think it's your turn erica okay uh i feel like this one should be pretty easy which famous hollywood club hosted a weekly dance contest for women on the strip and also crowned an annual winner like cindy Burmese or Burmisa. what the hell was her name cindy Burmisa. cindy Burmisa. i have a guess paul if you don't know the answer I'm drawing a blank on what it was again, but we just talked about. Is it the whiskey a go go? No. Oh, is it the Viper Room? No. It's Gazaris. Oh wow! Okay, and that was in that was in that was in the video you just thought you made reference to. (laughs) Yeah. So now we're tied. Yeah, and you guys were worried about easy questions. See, I would have gotten that wrong. See, I didn't. I feel like the ones that are left are pretty damn easy. So, and I thought that was right. I thought he just owned the whiskey. Maybe I didn't pay attention enough, but okay. So no, he did not. And I was obviously, yeah, Bill Gazzari had his own thing going and in decline Western civilization. They show a lot about that, that dance contest. And the winner of that year was Cindy Baramisa. And you might remember she was pretty drunk and uh, said she wanted to, continue on with her actressing that's what she said uh, when they asked her what was next for her and then we just learned something really funny after reading this nothing but a good time this history of this genre um is that christina applegate saw that and thought it was so hilarious that she modeled her character on married with children after cindy burmisa oh wow that's hilarious no that is some that's some real good trivia for sure yeah Yeah. i've actually been looking for an excuse to rewatch that movie because it's been Probably so, over a decade since I watched it, so now I definitely have a reason to watch it. You don't need an excuse. I, I'll, <laughs> I'll literally watch it for no reason at all. That's it. We're gonna do, we're gonna have a, we're gonna have a, a uh, Patreon uh, watch party here. So that's <laughs> there we go. It. Perfect. We, gotta, we all gotta make somehow make money off this these podcasts, right? Somehow. <laughs> all right. So I, I don't know. What, was it was it you or was it me, Craig? What? I think it's your turn, Paul. Is it mine? Okay. To ask the question. All right. What band were Danish Drum and Mark Slaughter in Before Slaughter? Vinnie Vincent Invasion. Oh, boom. Yes. All right. All right. Uh Uh-oh, man. It's getting good. It's coming down to the wire now. (laughs) Yeah, we're evenly matched. Uh, Can you imagine being the namesake of a band and getting kicked out and the record deal goes with the guys that kicked you out? Like, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
yeah, they didn't fare too badly in that whole debacle. All right. Okay. And Danish Drum's got a, a side gig with Vince Neil now. When I guess when Vince Neil's not doing Motley Crue. Hmm. Well, interestingly enough, Dana Strum has kind of like moved into the business side of the industry. So he, he I think, manages, like, right? yeah, he like manages bands hmm. and and has like different artists that he represents. So yeah, he's more of like a business guy now, but still playing with these these random you know random bands, Slaughter, what have you, on the side. So yeah, oh, wow. very cool. All right, so Gina, okay, um, <clears throat> which eighties metal band? penned epic 80s metal ballads like i saw red and heaven okay i you know this one paul yep okay go for it all right so i think somebody's got a warrant for an arrest an arrest warrant favorite 80s metal ballad band of all time is warrant i'm a huge fan it's uh, and we saw that was one no i don't think you went to this one craig i went with your brother and his buddy and uh it was in in uh up there in the Meadowlands, poison cinder uh wait poison warrant and maybe trickster can't remember who the the open yes was. I, I think they were on tour together yes. yes i don't remember well trickster was from north jersey and actually mm-hmm. i saw trickster when they opened for kiss yes yeah firehouse at, and right yep yeah so, yeah, wow, they I just interviewed I, PJ Farley on our that's podcast. That's right. They just had oh, really? yeah, yeah. from Trickster and yeah. talked about that package that you just mentioned because we saw that same package in Sioux City. So, yeah. Yeah. I wonder why I didn't go to that, Paul. Uh, it was like on a Sunday, I think. Or, there was something that was yeah. odd that, yeah, I remember. It was a school night and I couldn't stay up late or something. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Well, parents said no. Yeah. Wow. That's wild. Only one son. Uh-huh. Only one son's a lot of it out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my all God. right. Yeah. All right, um, right Greg, it's your turn. Play okay. Staying. I, it seems like I, I have a bunch of bass player questions. So okay. um, staying in that uh, lane, name the bass player and co-founder of the band Queensryche. Oh, I do not know anybody's name in Queensryche except for <laughs> Jeff Tate. <laughs> I'm literally same. Like, I only know <laughs> Jeff Tate's name. Okay. I do not know anyone else in that band. All right. Uh, he's Perfect. still a member, so it's 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 pretty wild. Um, Paul, do you know it? Is it DeGarmo? No, he was there. One of the two guitar players. Right, so Rockenfeld was the drummer. The drummer. He was right. the other co-founder of the band. It was co-founded by Rockenfeld and Eddie Jackson. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I, Eddie. No. The only Eddie Jackson I know is the one on Food Network. <laughs> he's an African American gentleman that used to play in the NFL, and he is amazing in the kitchen. Oh wow! Uh, okay, <laughs> I did no. not know that Eddie Jackson. That that name doesn't even jog any kind of memory no, for me. No. It's it's very, it definitely was not the life hat. It's Tina. very, it's very, yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, now you guys are ahead again. Tina, is it your turn to ask, or is oh, my I, turn? It's my turn, right? I think it's your turn. Yeah. Okay. Name the famous nightclub and restaurant duo on the Sunset Strip where bands played and then ate and partied. So that was the whiskey a go go. You got half of it right. So it's two, yeah, two answers. So the club where they played, and then the restaurant where they ate. Was it Musso and Frank's? No. Mm -hmm. That's a great restaurant, though. Mm. Paul, do you have Uh, a guess? (laughs) 
I have one. I, I actually, I know this now. Oh. It was the rainbow, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. The rainbow. Goodness. Yeah. I, I just had a visual of Lemmy sitting yeah. like in, <laughs> there you in, go. A, in a booth shorts. being interviewed there. Short shorts. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> and then I remembered that that's where Rainbow, I think, got the name for the band Rainbow came from. Could be. I think so. Have you that been, Craig, sense. have you been there? Have you been to the, the those clubs? No, actually, I've um, I've only been to like Hollywood, like that's a, that's technically Hollywood, right, Tina? Uh huh. Yeah. I've only been to Hollywood once, um, and I was there actually when I was still living in Jersey. I came to uh, Anaheim for a work convention, and I actually played hooky one afternoon, and <laughs> we drove out to L.A. Um, saw a movie at the Chinese theater okay. and like, you know, found, you know, like kisses star on the walk of fame and stuff like that. Um, but we never really found our way over. And since then I've, I've been to LA a bunch of times, but I've never actually been in like, quote, like that section of, of the strip. Yeah. It's a pretty iconic uh, area of the sunset strip. And, you know, it, and it's still like that. Actually, you, you go see shows at the whiskey and you walk down the street to the rainbow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I believe that within the last two weeks, Strawberry Alarm Clock have played shows at the Whiskey, which is <laughs> wow, wow. Just, that's a blast from the past. Yeah, incense and peppermints. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> crazy. You're re- you're really showing your age, Craig. <laughs> We're all the same age. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually pretty excited, uh, Erica. You mentioned vinyl recently or earlier in the episode, and I, I've actually. My dad was like, he's at the stage in his life where he's starting to like declutter his life. Mm-hmm. So he texted me back in the spring and he's like, hey, you want some of my old records? And I was like, absolutely. <laughs> so then I was like, oh, I have to buy a record player. Um, so he sent me some records and then I've actually, Vegas has some really good record stores. So actually uh, about a month ago in the $2 bin, I actually found that Strawberry Alarm Clock album. So, oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> Very nice. I'm like, I'm like king of the cutout bins. Like, I'll go in, I'll be like, I got eight bucks to spend. Let's see how many albums I can come out with. <laughs> I think, um, I think LA Guns is actually playing New Year's Eve at the Whiskey. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That'll be a fun show. You'll probably hear them in your house. <laughs> I know. I'll, uh, actually, I'll be in Palm Springs, but yeah. I, I, I'm telling you, like, Tracy. You might hear him in Palm Springs. Tra- stage volume is so, so, so loud. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Paul, up? I think it's your turn, right? Is it my turn? All right. My last, uh, last question. So number five. Okay. So it is a Bon Jovi question. So it is a video reference question. In the video for Bad Medicine... What comedian was speaking at the beginning of the video? They happen to be all standing out out in the line waiting to get in. I have a guess, Tina. Do you know it? I'm not sure. You want to phone a friend? <laughs> it's one of two. Um it what are you thinking? Tell me your time. Well, Andrew Dice Clay. You're in the you're in the range. It. You're in the range of that time, that era of medium time. Uh, or was it the Sam guy? Kinnison. Yep. Yes. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Okay. All right. That was my guess, but I then I was like, was he already dead by then? And then <laughs> I, I couldn't remember. Good job. Um, Good job. 
Yeah, that whole Sam Kinison heavy metal moment with like Wild Thing and all oh, that. Yeah. Oh yeah, down. it was such a weird <laughs> moment in time, wasn't it? Yeah. So like, in so if for, on if, Hall on the ground rolling around and mud and all and all the all the all the right all those rockers that are in this. Hey, hey, show up for this video. You guys don't even have to really do anything except for party, right? You and right. just stand around and watch. I, I don't know. I almost Some, forgot about that video. Some of some of the stuff from the uh, that was like uh well you probably remember the the story about how Motley Crue they got all clean and and then they went to Russia and they you know everyone else got on the plane was like the drugs and alcohol and all this stuff and they were supposed to be there doing a benefit for like anti the Moscow Peace Festival right? yeah. yeah music and yeah. peace yeah. festival or something like, yeah we're, which we're, was put yep. together because Doc uh, Doc McGee basically got arrested for drug trafficking. <laughs> Right, and that was part of his like probation, and he set up this nonprofit and did this thing, and it was yeah. like drugs in a tube just flying yeah. over Russia, flying from one country to another. Oh yeah, nowadays forget it. You may stay in there a while. Uh, yeah, now I was when I was doing the, the the prep for the show here, and that question, I went and was watching the video. So in in that scene there, in the beginning, Sam standing there actually is Matt's brother, who we went to school with. Uh, I mean, oh. John John's brother. I mean, again, that was back in the eighties, so he looks obviously little like you know, you know young younger much younger than he obviously today but his brother's standing right next to sam uh in that video there while he's uh shooting it so you can always go back and i, I it's funny as we're talking about videos craig the uh the the eric and tina were talking about some of the rat videos and uh some of the stuff that you're you know they cut scenes or this and that i'm like i gotta go back and watch the I think it was seen they did a cut scene of the guy still up in the attic and when they were dropping down on the, you know. Oh, yeah. Warren Martini <laughs> dropping down onto the dining table in round and round. Yeah. And actually, Bobby Blotzer shared a story about how the editing was all fucked up in that <laughs> portion of the video. And he was so pissed because he's a perfectionist. And yeah, there was some behind the scenes stuff that Bobby Blotzer shared. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Funny. So, all right. So you're, I think you guys. I think, we, I think we have one more question, right? Yeah. Well, we have two, but the yeah. first one is two. I don't know. No, no, we... no. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Uh, this is off the cuff. This is game time. Oh, okay, okay, oh. okay. Pulling an audible. From, from which uh, great state does Kip Winger hail? I think I know this one, Paul. Oh. oh no, I think I do know this one because I heard. I think I heard this on the show. There was reason, or no, I read it somewhere because of the song, or maybe he made a reference to it because of the seventeenth song. Ah. All right. Do we want to do we want to take a few minutes and huddle up here? No, I mean I I'm I'm almost 100. percent I know. Huddling up. I'm gonna get real close to the camera. <laughs> uh, what do you think it is, Craig? I think it's Colorado. Yes, Kiplinger is from Denver, Colorado. Yeah. Yes. The Very only good. reason I know that is because I recently discovered like, um, I think it was like an album of like great unsigned bands or something like that used to get done like a radio station would like find like 12 local bands and they put out a record and i don't remember the name of the band but kip winger was involved with them and i remember it came out of colorado and that's the only reason i i knew that excellent Amazing. question yeah also cousins of deborah winger which is that true yeah they're cousins really? uh -huh. i did not know that Man. Little known facts about Kip Ooh. Winger. We're doing a Winger deep dive podcast episode here pretty well, quick. So these are all good things to know. That yeah. was the amazing thing about Winger to me is like, um, those guys were like super, 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 super talented. Yeah. And they were kind of 
downplayed by the like the glam image but like listen to like the single uh i don't know if the single version was cut but like headed for a heartbreak like there's this ridiculous breakdown in the middle of it where they're just like jamming yeah i mean like i mean those guys all had chops like red beach is like yeah just like a monster and like kip is like a an all-purpose like you know so good bass player guitar player singer songwriter like Composer, dancer. Yeah, yeah, it's so funny that like on Be- Beavis and Butthead, they like made fun of like Winger, like you know Stewart wore the Winger shirt. But I'm like, those dudes kicked ass. Like, yeah, they were very talented. And and to think that you know you take the band that most people end up learning about, Kip Winger was in his own band that he was in Alice Cooper. Yeah, yeah, during yeah. like the Kane Roberts era. Yeah, like, yeah, so it's like okay, this guy with the great teeth and that. Awesome five o'clock shadow that the girls really liked, oh, right? Yeah, we talked about that. <laughs> that's right. The, oh, yes, you gotta listen to always another, five o'clock shadow. shadow. I, I uh, even even guys even you know he he was a good looking even for you know guy can admit it. Yeah, there was yeah you gotta listen to that episode, Craig, as they had uh, ranked their bass players in uh, in uh, in no particular order, right? It was <laughs> correct. We didn't necessarily say we had a number one favorite, although I do of course have a number one favorite at Sinky Six, but we didn't rank them. They were just our favorites. Yeah. Our favorites. And, well, I learned today without listening to the episode that Eddie Jackson is not on that list. <laughs> Eddie Jackson is not on the list. I actually already forgot which band he was with. <laughs> he, no, Craig, he was he he just missed a cut. It, like a, you know, just missed it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think this this is our final question, right? Yeah, Paul? you got it. yeah. So it's your question. All right, what? Uh, Artists from the 60s and 70s co-wrote songs on the 1981 Kiss album, The Elder. Jesus. <laughs> Artists from the 60s and 70s wrote, okay, on the Kiss album. It's it's Kiss's concept album, um, which was a huge failure, but... Um, <laughs> Now, now, would you guys consider Kiss in your wheelhouse of the bands? We talk about them, but we talk about them more in terms of their resurgence. Because, mm. you know, of course, Kiss has a long history. Right. And they were around way before 80s metal ever showed up on the scene. But then they had a resurgence during that 80s metal right. time frame. Crazy so, Nights was like a direct response to Bon Jovi. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And let's put um, the... Tina, I don't know that yes. I have any guesses whatsoever. Um, I'm going to guess Ingvart Humperdinck. <laughs> No. What about Meatloaf? Is no. Meatloaf the answer? Is it Desmond no. Child? No. Oh. It's it's it was actually it's it's very like people still shake their head about this. It was Lou Reed. Oh wow. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There's debate. There's debate uh about how much involvement he had. Some people say he suggested song titles. Uh other people say he wrote a verse here or there, but um hmm. I, interesting. Uh, Lou Reed. Yeah, yeah, if you li- if you listen to a world without heroes, I believe that's one of the co-writes. Um, Interesting. Hmm. Kind of guessing. Oh, the Tina, we do have there. one question left. We do have yeah. one left on our list, so I'm going to give it to you guys because okay. you guys are already ahead of us. But who played lead guitar for Ozzy Osbourne during his hit albums "No Rest for the Wicked" and "No More Tears"? Well, that was the Zach era, right, Paul? Mm-hmm. Zach Wild. Very good, Zach yeah. Wilde. Okay. Jer- He's another, a Jersey guy, Jersey. so. Yep. <laughs> well, honestly, with that, I think you guys beat us. You guys actually, 
yeah i have to say yeah. that this was super fun and way more challenging than i expected uh or way more competitive than i expected i expected of us all to just like stump each other um so i actually yeah. think that was really fun i think there were some good questions I think it was too. It was fun to actually then just discuss the whole yeah. question answer as a group. And like, I have a tidbit about this. And did you know that? And so wow. that's, it's cool for us to find, you know, people in our, in our lane and our age who like the same stuff and grew up, you know, really passionate about, about this music and, you know, where there's a lot of us out there. So. Yep. Yeah. It's we need to unite. That's right. Yeah. No, it's a, uh, I- it, and this is obviously one of those things that if we weren't already, you know, almost close to an hour and a half, it was that we definitely probably could be talking all night. And, you know, and that's, you know, oh, yeah. Craig's always been one of those a whole, a lot more down the rabbit hole, a lot more details than, than I was. And I'm, and uh, <clears throat> so we, we would always talk about certain, certain things, certain, certain bands. And again, as we, as we got a little bit older, we started to, uh, as he mentioned, started off with, you know, growing up with his brother, Kiss, and it got a little bit, maybe a little bit harder, harder rock with ACDC, and then a little bit more, and then we started kind of shifting a little bit more to a little bit more metal, and, you know, but we'd still see, you know, <laughs> the bands, and, you know, but it's, a uh, it was in- an interesting time frame growing up in New Jersey, and, uh, yeah, I bet, the music, so, and Craig, it was an and- interesting time frame growing up in South Sioux City, Nebraska, <laughs> <laughs> there's no one. <laughs> That made it big from South Sioux City, Nebraska, you, in terms of '80s metal. No, <laughs> no it wasn't like, uh, yeah, definitely not '80s metal. But although there, there was a little bit of a scene that came yeah. out of that area, but oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so Craig didn't have a John Bon Jovi that was our next door neighbor or anything like that. <laughs> no, so, did not. That's how we were talking about the uh, how they they gave away the house. Uh, did you move? To, did you move the Cerebral by that time when they gave away the house on MTV? You know what? I, yeah. I, I don't remember. What I do remember, Paul, though, is that when Dave Sabo finally moved out of his mom's house, we actually stood there and watched them load up the moving truck. Right. Because <laughs> your house, like, like was what? Uh, like, backed up to... Like Patty Corner. Yeah. So I think... And they were just getting ready to pack up and head down to go record Slave to the Grind. Probably mm. that, that timetable yeah. sounds right. And... um well, yeah, that came out in 91. Yeah, summer of 91. About the same time the Metallic Black album came out. Remember running, you know, that summer going to the uh, the music store to go. And I think it was before I just moved, too. So it was, yeah. I was going to say, early, yeah, early 91. you did your last year in, in yeah. Florida. Yeah. That summer, would you would have you, you moved to Florida. Yeah. Well, we, we've got a whole lot more stuff we could probably share about our awkwardness of growing up and, and being in a band together, a fictional teenage boy band being real uh, obs- you know obscene kind of things and uh, Craig does actually he, he's a musician um, he does have music on Bandcamp uh, that he's got out there uh, that he pr- has produced Sweet. and made so um, so yeah he's, he's, uh, he's got a lot of uh, interesting things going on there so very cool that was another that was another result of of the uh, the pandemic and being ah. furloughed um, it got Many me people back got so creative over the pandemic <laughs> Actually, yeah, it, it was wild. I mean, 14 months. So like, you know, wow. without going crazy, like, and I mean, Vegas was, was impacted because, you know, I, I think certain places can exist. Uh, but like Vegas is like, what, 
probably 90% tourist driven. Oh yeah. So like when you're not getting tourists, like, um, it allowed me to be creative though, which is awesome. So I actually, in addition to some of the podcasting I did and some of the music I made, I actually edited, um, two like fan videos. I did a, a complete history of the Ramones, which is about like a two hour, like I call it like a midnight movie. Um, it's definitely like, you should put it on like at midnight and if you're drinking beers and then I did another one on the beach boys in the eighties, the beach boys are one of my favorite bands. Um, Mm -hmm. and the eighties is such a weird decade for them. And there's a lot more than Kokomo that went on. Um, and those are both on Vimeo. If you, if you search them or if, if you care, very Um, nice. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I do care actually I love the Beach Boys and you're right the 80s era of Beach Boys was very weird yeah um I'll 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 send Paul the 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 link to my Vimeo page where that is um cool yeah yeah um it's been fun finding uh Beach Boys albums on vinyl actually Tina you'll probably get a kick out of this I found uh like a early 70s reissue of wild honey and 2020 were like sold together as a double lp oh wow um so i was like super super thrilled when i found that because i'm like i could get wild honey on vinyl and i could get 2020 on vinyl but can i get them together with like really really bad surfer girl artwork Um, (laughs) so very cool so and then uh, the podcast there you've got going on craig is uh the last action uh yeah actually um so kind of as a lark um I had started uh, a career retrospective of Sylvester Stallone where we were taking like a real serious critical look at his films uh starting with his very first film and I think we finally sort of tapped out when it started to get bad in the mid 90s probably around Judge Dredd um but out of that experience Paul Um, I connected with all these other podcasters who were sort of operating in the same lane. uh, And we decided to sort of join forces and we created this network called the last of the action heroes podcast network, where you've got shows that are dedicated. There's I think three different shows, just like in the Rocky universe um, or Stallone universe. And then uh, we've got people that are doing Schwarzenegger movies uh john claude van damme movies people that just focus on 80s movie action movies so if you go to last of the action heroes podcast network you'll find new shows being released every week and again paul i'm not actively podcasting uh i prefer to do these guest shots because um is this it's how a you, lot better is this how it's, you keep your podcast uh card with the union you just go on yeah, other shows. It's also how I stay married too. <laughs> oh, you guys didn't know about the the podcast union? Oh, no. The, the one benefits and all that. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. The one problem I have with when I like produce a podcast is I get like really, really like obsessive about the editing, mm-hmm. and uh, we don't, we don't <laughs> at all. I slap on the intro, outro. It's different every fucking time. I don't even care. <laughs> and we load it up and we send it I, off. 
I love that. I love that. Uh, unfortunately, well, if you ever want us to edit your podcast, just let us know. <laughs> I really, I much prefer just um, coming on and doing guest shots like these. Um, they're well, so someday much fun. maybe we'll have you guys on the A ninety two A podcast there and we'll do like a we'll do a round we'll do two. A you can be our guests. Yeah, we, we got to do a round two, right? And we'll do a round two. And trust me, we'll make those questions a lot fucking harder. The next <laughs> I, I, you had some tough questions with that Gazari <laughs> club or whatever. <laughs> Somebody had actually said Gazaris earlier in the conversation. That's why I thought it was a gimme. Like, I might have said it, actually. I don't know if anyone said it, but yeah. I like I said, I just totally forgot that he actually had his own thing and he wasn't like the guy who owned or ran the, you know, the the whiskey or one of the club the, the clubs whiskey a go go or the rainbow and then again we yeah then it was like heavily you're thinking in, of Mario right. yeah you're thinking of Mario who was sort of known as the Godfather of the strip he had the That's rainbow it. and the whiskey but Bill yeah. uh, Bill Gazzari was a, a a separate dude much older dude who uh, and it's funny to see Ricky Rackman in that you know with a cat house and had his own you know again pre pre yeah. headbangers ball Ricky was a had his own thing Club going owner. on yeah club owner yeah so with that, Amy fast ricky rockman was actually almost one of my trivia questions and i think i'll save it for next time oh he was on ricky as well (laughs) he was one of our first guests actually on our podcast that's pretty cool so we just real quick we'll we'll wrap up we got a a, a ricky rockman story as we had seen uh we went to go see again we started to as a little bit as we got a little older started leaning a little bit more heavier and went to see i think i may have talked about this on the podcast uh, Megadeth and Anthrax and Slayer. I saw that show. In, yeah, so Clash of the Titans. And who was the opener, Tina? Do you remember? It might have been different for her. Yeah, that's what I, I was just curious. Yeah, I saw it out here at Universal Amphitheater. I don't remember what the, who the. So we had at that time Headbangers Ball was you know uh, in, in ninety one right because I think it was the last concert before I moved and uh, we were probably more interested in seeing the opener. And Alice and Chains, we, yeah. yep, Alice and Chains, the original, you know, lineup in Alice and Chains. Oh, yeah. And it was before really anyone, again, you have all these metal heads, and it was just weird as, like, you know, we look back now and say that that line in the, the you know, that frame point, the moment in time when we saw the metal scene oh, transition yeah. to the grunge scene, you know, and it was almost like, here, we're going to put Alice and Chains on a bill with these metal god bands and the you know and, and they didn't it didn't go over very well because the metal fans were not Alice in Chains fans but then I'm you know sure what's funny kidding. Paul I saw Alice in Chains open for two bands uh, you just referenced Clash of the Titans tour I saw them open for another band where the reception wasn't good as well and I can't remember if you were with that sh- uh, at that show with me but they they opened for Van Halen as well oh okay and Lane was like really really like showing his disdain for the response he was getting from the audience. It was, it was actually pretty wild. Uh, Mm -hmm. So it's crazy that like I saw them in two hostile opening act environments, but Paul, if you remember that clash of the Titan show was also pretty uh, being in the, the tri-state area. We saw anthrax do bring the noise with Chuck D and flavor Flav. Yep. Right. That was was huge or as a huge song that summer that came out with attack of the killer bees uh yeah uh release that they put out there and they were featured as the right because they rotated who was closing every night oh and, did they it was either yeah. megadeth or yeah, anthrax, obviously anthrax right? was going to close because it was their home show and 
they actually was that was one of the episodes they covered on Headbangers Ball was that happened to be that show. Uh, I think they may have done like a two part uh, show or, or series, but you know, Ricky Rackman was out, and again, you know, I, it's you know, it was tough. Ricky Rackman, you know, got a lot of shit for you know whether people felt like he was should be the face of you know metal or or you know it's better than Adam know. Curry. Well, yeah, that's true. Oh, but we loved Adam Curry also. Yeah. Adam Curry. So, well, we, hey, Adam. You, hey, you can't hate, hate on Aaron Curry too much, right? Because he's seen as the godfather of podcasting, right? Oh, he's an innovator, yeah. hands down, yeah. yeah. So. But I mean, like, Ricky Rockman looked like us, yeah. you know, I mean. Until he cut his hair. Yeah. But we all did. <laughs> I, and now again, he looks like Tina, Tina has a mohawk. So now he and Tina look alike. Paul, yeah. thank you well, so much for putting this together. Out. It's growing yeah. out, Tina. Yeah. I'm gr- I'm kind of growing it out into like a pixie mullet, but you know, I'm in this in between stage where I might just go shave it again. But I, yeah, no, I I dig the mohawk. I dig the mohawk. Yeah. So Paul's Paul's if if you value my opinion, <laughs> <laughs> I'll get sick of it at some point okay. and just shave it again. So okay. we'll see it again. I'm sure. Right. Yeah. So. All right, so as we wrap up here, so uh, Craig, any shameless plugs? Um, no, I mean, if you really are interested in listening to uh, my music, uh, you can find me on Bandcamp if you search Craig Cohen. I don't think there's anybody else uh, that's released music on Bandcamp under that name. And uh, it's very non-metal. It's instrumental, synth-based. Um, Is it like Duran Duran? No, it's it's chill. More pro- chill it's chill. more it's more proggy, um, um, and um, it it's been it's been an adventure because I'm a guitar player, so like working with keyboards is very fun. Um, so yeah, um, like I said, if you search, I can give you stuff for the show notes mm-hmm. if you want, Paul. I can give yeah. you links. Uh, but that's really what I'm actively like spending most of my creative free time on. Um, cool when I'm not guesting on podcasts. So thank you for the invite. And it was so cool meeting you ladies. Yeah, you as well. Yeah. Eric and Tina, what, what shameless plugs, right? Well, just listen to ages nine to adult. That's our only shameless plug. You can find us uh, on Spotify and Apple podcasts and everywhere you stream. And we have Instagram at a 92, a underscore life. And we're in all the places. So just look for us. A 92 underscore life. Yes. Ages nine nine to adults. Ages nine to adult. Yes. How long we've been together as friends. Oh. Ninety-two is also our high school graduation year. <laughs> so <laughs> you yeah. know the whole intro. I'm not gonna finish it. It's the whole intro, yeah. <laughs> so Craig, we're working on a board game here for them. Yes, we want to do a life board game, an eighties metal life board game. Oh wow. So, all right, there you go. There you, you have somebody, uh, venture capitalist there is going to help uh, invest in Perfect. this. Perfect. <laughs> Great. He just, he just volunteered your money, I yeah, guess. There you go. It's <laughs> not my money. Yeah, so. All right, so as we wrap Thank up Thank you for here, having us. I'm going to let you, hold on, hold on, girls. I'm going to let you close out the show here with your, your, and, and your, your wrap up, I don't know, what do you call it? Your bumper oh. saying, your logo here. So here it is. Let's wrap this up here, girls. Go for it. Well, we went through a lot of our stuff, but we just want to say until next time, keep a rat. Keep what? Keep, what am I saying? Yes. Keep <laughs> rotting those bangs and banging those heads. There you go. <laughs> oh, you gotta, got it. We say it every time. Yes, uh, I know. You take the simplest things we remember. So, 
again, I appreciate you all for coming on there. So yeah, so day two, maybe round two, we'll have to definitely set that up. Uh, That's right. In we'll host you on ours next time. All right. Thanks for all tuning in. Thanks, guys. Yep. Bye.